Ladies and gentlemen, let's get together and give a great big round of applause to some new members of the family that you'll be hearing a lot of. Come on! Hello, fans of rugby league, fans of other persuasions, and fans of just having a nice time. My name's Ben, and with me as always is Sam, and you're listening to League Indeed, uh, being recorded on a Thursday morning. A rainy Thursday morning, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it was uh, picture perfect yesterday. It a real was. blue bell, and now we're back to the rain again here in Perth, and uh, we're in the warm, cosy surrounds of Fatback. Hey, did I tell you here at Fatback we're filming a movie on Sunday? Blue? No, not blue. Oh. Well, I don't think it is anyway. I had a director here yesterday. I had a cinematographer. I had two actors. So you don't know what it is. You, no. You don't know what it is and you don't think it's going to be blue? <laughs> well, I don't know. Come on, mate. I just I told them. They said, anyone got a studio? I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> of course and I so do. They Is there any said, beds in it? Well, so no. <laughs> how easy no is it to hose out? <laughs> Um, and so I said, yeah, of course. And so apparently there's going to be 10 people around. So we'll keep you posted on what sort of movie it is. I think it's a drama of some sort. And they're going to enter it into some, uh, film festivals, maybe Sundance. Well, I don't know. Of course, uh, know. I just want to say we're out free to film blue movies over here at the moment, which we're very grateful for. That's what I'm thankful for this week. And we are thinking of our New South Welsh and other parts of Australia, brothers and sisters who are currently experiencing lockdowns that they've never felt the pain of before. And we're with you. We're with you, aren't we? We are. Yeah, we're we, know what it, we know what you're going through. Uh, what do you want to talk about this week? What's been happening in the world of... Rugby league. Well, there's been a bit going on in rugby league. The uh, big story that caught my fancy was the wags complaining about the hotel rooms. The eels ones in particular complaining about the hotel rooms based on the standing of their players. So they were saying that, oh, well, you know, the stars of the show, like the Gutharinas of the world, are getting the huge, big, lavish suites with the balconies while they're cramming a f- family of ten into a tiny little room. Mm, I did hear hear about this. Is it the wags? I, I thought it was the um, I thought it was the players that were moaning, but it makes sense that it would be the wags. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're the ones that have got to warm up the milk bottles and uh, oh, yeah. have to deal with non-bottled water and whatnot. And so, uh, do you reckon that's what's derailed the eels? preparations and uh, going into this uh, finals. Well, the Eels, to me, stink of a club that's just looking for excuses anywhere but on the field at the moment. They're looking for anything to blame it, blame it on because they're playing like absolute busted assholes at the moment. And, it, yeah, it would make sense that, you, well, you know what it's like. You, you, you do anything in life and you're going bad at it. You just look for everything to blame but yourself. I do. Oh, well. I don't know, they're blaming the coach, they're blaming the wags, they're blaming the bloody hotels, yeah. but uh, yeah, they're well, definitely they've, playing like a bu- bunch of idiots. They've sure got to hide complaining about these hotels, don't they? Because you and I have stayed <laughs> in some absolute rat pits over the years, at work, mind you, not just working. on holidays, working and, and getting put up in pub rooms. After doing three to four hours hard graft in front of some unruly punters who just want to tell you to play horses and case on every five seconds, and then you have to retire to a bloody room that looks like somebody got murdered in, <laughs> all for the what? What would we? What would we get paid? Like maybe two fifty, three hundred, if that. And these boys, these boys are on what, eighteen thousand dollars a game, and then they've got the hide to complain about a luxurious hotel suite on the Gold Coast. To be fair. We haven't had our wags with us, though, have we? 
when we've been doing these hell oh, holes. Hang on. So I can imagine if I rocked up with all my cymbal case and everything and off I go and do the show and come back and then the missus is with me and she's like, what the hell is this? You promised me a nice time. <laughs> well, actually, you're right. Cause I remember I remember a couple of times actually taking the wags and uh, we did we did make efforts to for, find more salubrious digs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, the one thing I remember about, and I'm sure this isn't happening in these luxurious surrounds that they've got up here in the NRL bubble, is I can guarantee you that the beds haven't had a 300 kilogram truckie sleeping in them for a couple of years. Remember that? Like when you get into some of these beds and they and they're just collapsed. You and might I, as well have just sunk into a blanket on the on the frame, you know, and just sunk down under the floor. Uh, and I bet when they wake up hungover. They don't have to walk down a, a maze of corridors to find a little tiny room with a, a, a <laughs> like a wet bread bag in a mini fridge with a couple of couple of end bits of of uh, of Woolies white bread and and some butter with crumbs in it. Oh God, everyone! I hope you know what we're talking about here. Yeah. Some of these pub pub rooms and I and uh, the and other a rusty thing. kettle and some bloody yeah. oh, oh Jesus yeah. and then Christ. a bloke in there watching telly with his beachcombers <laughs> on with his toenails that haven't been cut for eight months, <laughs> smoking rollies. <laughs> oh God, I can smell it now. And then going downstairs to pack up all your gear. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, do you know how you've got it? Got it? How good you've Got it, eels, wags? Wags? Obviously, you don't. Oh, I don't have a balcony on my room. Ah. Jeez, you don't have a 600 kilo truckie with big toenails either. So <laughs> get over yourselves. But geez, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't trade any of that for the world. Oh, no. I wouldn't trade any of that for a balcony on the Gold Coast. But, uh, it's character building, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, isn't speaking it? of characters, how about Graham Annesley launched a passionate defence? Of the match officials. Uh, did you see that this well, week? I haven't seen this. Tell oh. me more. Well, he's, he's tired. Tired. Sick and tired. Tired to the bone of, of coaches post-morteming after, uh, after games and blaming refs for things. Now, I found this very curious that it came out this week. Uh, he chose this week to, to have a moan about it. On the very week that um, a certain coach from a certain club won a game and didn't um, decide that he got robbed in the penalties. Uh, I thought this would have been a more timely bloody article a couple of weeks ago when a certain coach from a certain club was deciding that everything was the ref's fault. But anyway, Graham's very tired. He's fed up with uh, turning the other cheek. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> he fired back at coaches and commentators who've blown up about arguable at best calls. Now, Annesley went on to uh, quite a tirade. It was he said, "I don't see these bloody refs out there missing tackles and making errors." And and he listed off about twenty different aspects of the game that the refs don't do. It was very fierce. He's sick well, of it. So the refs don't make tackles. Jeez, apparently not. They don't. They don't drop balls. They don't make errors. They don't concede post-contact meters. He went real oh, like down right into, into the it. weeds. <laughs> <laughs> He's fed up. So it'll be interesting to see this week whether any coach has got the minerals to front up to the press conference. Well, and are they are they finding? I, I haven't heard of a coach being no. fined for ages. They're not finding them anymore. They must think, oh, these blokes are doing it tough. They're only on. They've all taken a massive pay cut, and now instead of nine hundred grand a year, these coaches are only on seven eighty a year. So we better go easy on them. 
That's exactly what I thought when I read this article. I thought, well, why don't you just get out the fine, fine book, the, the little, like, I presume he's got a book like a copper and, <laughs> and just writes out tickets and slips them under the coaches' doors at the hotels. That'd be, what, what better well, place to find yeah. everyone? It'd, be, just, so easy. Yeah. It'd be so Trent, easy. Dear Trent, please yeah. see him close. <laughs> yeah. Slip it under the door. Wouldn't even have to be typed up or anything, just like on written with a bit of pen. Yeah, and then Trent says to Victor, who's his roommate, I presume, <laughs> sharing the the the, uh, the twin beds and Victor Annesley's just bloody fined me. How much, Trent? Oh, it's forty thousand dollars. We'll just cop it, sweet mate. Stop mining. Yeah. Are the coaches allowed to have their wives, their wags there? Oh, I presume so. I haven't heard them whinging yet. I presume that maybe they've got the uh, the penthouse suites. The yeah, coaches. I was going to say, well, if the bloody star players have got the balconies, and what are the coaches got? They must have those big top. Top floor rooms with the big white grand piano and the tiger tied yes, up in the corner. Yes, and they'd, they'd have a little uh, an ante room. You call them the ante room. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, and yeah. they'd Where have you a put your dirty shoe, dirty feet. No, dirty, no. Oh, uh, oh, maybe I got the wrong term. Anyway, it's an auxiliary room. It's got a, a full time uh, baccarat dealer in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, unlimited wet bar and a huge big fish tank. Yeah. With a dolphin in yeah. it. Yeah, and also a big whiteboard with the, the week's uh, game plan on it. Oh, yeah. Jeez, mm. I only just thought of that. I wonder if the other wags complain about that. They probably don't. No. Unless you're a Raiders player and then you put it on Twitter. <laughs> Ricky's got a dolphin in his room. <laughs> yeah. Check it out, y'all. Sly-headed infidel. And we here to tell y'all that we a bunch of... Superstars, you know, on that famous status, and we're broke. The docu-series Wild Wild West's Tiles from Tiger Town has continued uh, during the week. Did you manage to catch up with it? I know it's captured the hearts and minds of the rugby league uh, public around the world, hasn't <laughs> did it? I, did I? What? I didn't even know it was on, and then I... Oh, what a gift. To know that that's <laughs> there waiting for you, because I tell you what, it has captured me like nothing else. This thing, and I'm I'm just uh, it's everything. Even if there was no games on, I could just watch that because obviously the games, you know, the games are being shown on the docu series. But if there was no games ever again, I could just be happy watching that well, because it's everything that the it's everything. There is about rugby league. It's wouldn't, just everything. Wouldn't it be? Yeah, that's a bloody good point. Wouldn't it be bloody terrific in the off season if we could just watch a a a, oh. a, a run of docu series instead of having to watch a stupid cricket? That's well, they, a well, they do it in the NFL. They're, yeah. they're bloody almost constant. They got bloody documentaries going back to the eighties and that in the NFL. But anyway, I digress. But geez, I tell you what, I got a lot of I got a lot of like for this bloody Madge character. I know they had that meeting, <laughs> that hilarious meeting where Pasco was in there with the billionaire Meriton owner Harry. Oh, and I want Harry, to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, and Harry was asking him whether he's a bit too hard on the players, and Pasco was like, "Well, no, not not if you not if you want to win a comp, but I don't reckon he's hard on the players at all. I reckon he's harder on himself. Have a look at the health of the poor bloke. He looks." Rook. He looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he looks better than he, he used to when he looked like Woogie or Noogie yeah, or whatever. That, yeah, Woogie. when he had all the welts on him or the the uh, the hives. But, yeah, isn't he a lovely fellow? He Like letting the lady in from the security oh, company into the lift first and making touches. sure all his boys are okay, calling well, them bud. <laughs> well, you... 
<laughs> that brings up my absolute favourite part of this episode. And if you missed it, go back and watch it again. Just this part where the lad's pushing the drinks tray. Yeah. Pushing the drinks so He goes, oh, there you go. <laughs> Makes it easy for you, doesn't it? <laughs> Look at that. He was, he that was, was <laughs> I had that in my notes too. Jeez, that was a good he bit. He was genuinely like just he was just general genuinely happy for the bloke that it made his life easier having the little drinks tray. Uh, to me it looked like Madge had never seen a trolley before. Jeez, look at that. Jeez, look at that. He's like Daryl Kerrigan. What do you call that? Oh, drinks tray. Oh Doesn't that make it easy? That? How about that, fellas? Drinks tray. Imagine he got on the phone to his wife after, yeah. after he walked back. No, oh, I've just seen a bloody tray that you can carry drinks on. Bloody unreal. Bloody unreal. <laughs> Jesus. Ah, oh, but geez, what a, Madge is exactly like me watching footy, isn't he? When he's oh, up yeah. in the coach's box, that's exactly what I am, biased as anything. Well, he's like, like any rugby league fan, isn't he? Oh, he's real he's relatable. Exa- yeah, he's exactly, oh, yeah, that's what I, that's exactly it. That's, I think that's why I relate to him so much, because he goes through the highs and lows just like us. Oh, he does it tough. Oh, my but God. But don't, don't you do it tough when you're watching the footy? I do it tough. Exa- you're, you're actually a little calmer than I am, but geez, I do it tough like that and of course everything's our penalty everything's our ball <laughs> like knock on ref that's a knock on and i'll tell you what how good's robbie farrah yeah robbie's uh, robbie's come up in my estimation mine too just back to your point there sorry, sorry. Uh, doing yeah, it yeah, tough yeah. um when I, my, one of my favorite bits was when he was yelling into the walkie and i didn't know this went on yelling into the walkie talkie to robbie's telling him to get out there and tell the ref's what yeah. a penalty is. Yeah. I didn't know they did that. <laughs> Get out there and tell him it's a fucking zen, zen bin. Yeah. And I, I thought, well, well the, uh, now it all kind of makes sense because you're always in those breakdowns of play when there's uh, like, you know, some conjecture about what happened. You always see the blue shirts bloody tear out there. Straight and now up. I know what they're doing. They're not going out there to look after the players. They're there to tell the refs what happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just yeah. doesn't it? See, that's the other thing. It just opens up this whole, like, you know, you could just have the camera in the coach's box and that'd be fair enough. But then having this access to the sideline blokes like Robbie Farrow and that other yeah, that lad that's good. in the army that all he seems to do is get water bottles for Madge. <laughs> I like <laughs> Make the, sure he's hydrated. Yeah, yeah. I like the big bloke that stands next to Robbie on the side. Oh. Oh, yeah. keeps telling him that he's going on at the wrong time. Yeah, at the wrong time. Robbie goes, oh, I didn't know, mate. Sorry. Yeah. Robbie, you know, mate. Thought it was a play the ball yeah. when they're all in a scrum. <laughs> Liar. But, but uh, no, Robbie's a good a good motivator, isn't he? And you'd listen to him, wouldn't you? Well, if you were Jacob Little, you'd go, Jesus, Robbie's telling me what to do. I yeah, think. there was a nice little touch where he's sitting down with the debutante and just having a word with him one-on-one. But yeah. uh, there was one bit where the message didn't get across. Madge told him to fix their discipline. But Robbie went out and he said, your, de- your defense is good, which is something that Madge did say, but fix your discipline. And he didn't tell them to fix the discipline. I don't think they did fix the discipline. might have been the Warriors game, but, which was just a roller coaster. My heart was racing in that Warriors game where they nearly nearly uh, came off with a win, apart from that big silly uh, pass that went over the sideline that could have won in the game. But, oh, God, I love it. I just love it. They just need to do it for every club, I reckon. You know why the, you know why the message didn't get through about the discipline, though? Robbie forgot to tell him it was from Madge. Oh, That's from one Madge. thing that Snoopy always remembers, to tell him that this is from <laughs> this Madge. This is from upstairs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I want to talk about Justin Pascoe. Cause <laughs> oh, God. The, the, um, the, the scuttlebutt, the, the criticism on Twitter after the first episode was how dare Justin turn up in a bloody, to, to be interviewed in a T-shirt and 
like four thousand dollar t shirt yeah. looking like he was just at home, which he was. Which he was in front of his tennis. Well court. he smartened up the act and got the suit on. I don't know if this is uh I, I'm pretty sure they had them all filmed by the time the criticism came out, but Justin smartened his act up, but in every area but the hair. Oh what's God, going I, on with these hair? I know. What that, that was it? Yeah, like patchy looking yeah. dye job in there, like his little sister did it or something. It's very strange. He hasn't got any sense of uh of uh, hair like like someone like Trent Robinson who shows up with freshly frosted tips at every opportunity. Justin's just been, like you say, got his little sister to do it or something. <laughs> just painted a bit of bleach or peroxide into it. Yeah, anyway, yeah, very, right, you brought strange. it up before his visit to the, the offices of the Marathon boss who won't yeah. see him before 3pm because he's got too much going on. <laughs> I'd say that's his napping time, I reckon. He's about 87 years old. That was he? a horrible scene. That oh, was just... Uh, I would have left, exactly, I would have left that out poor old justin giving him the swag oh, and just groveling to this big fat idiot billionaire who's meriton as far as i know uh, uh not haven't got a very good name no. as vis-a-vis quality <laughs> no and he seems to get all these advice from blocker roach who he i think he called him nick roach <laughs> did you hear that uh, no, i think he just called him roach oh I, yeah. i'm sure he said that nick roach had been in his ear about something and oh he lives around here somewhere doesn't he oh yeah of course blocker lives around the corner or something well, all the maritime bloke can seem concerned about was the was the was the swag the free swag that justin was bringing in got about 14 <laughs> jackets and a and a jersey and he was real um he was very particular about it like he he was a bit pissed off with the and then with the jackets and didn't want them and kind of pushed yeah. them to the side and then Justin brings out the signed jersey and he goes, oh, that's okay. Yeah, I know. Who are they? Who's that signed by? Yeah. Well, who do you reckon it's signed by? Bloody, what do you reckon? The the kid with the Norfoluma tattoo bloody signed it? Well, who I do wanna... you reckon signed it, you silly old goat? <laughs> I want to know if this bloke's worth $14 billion, as Justin, as Justin claims, why are the West Tigers training out of demountable classrooms? Yeah, exactly. And it makes it, it gives you a bit more of an appreciation for what the CEOs of these clubs do. And that's what they do, I suppose, is they got to go and brown nose to these bloody sponsors. Can and- you imagine it? Oh, oh God. Yeah, I actually felt bad for him when he's sitting in the car and you could see he's a little bit hesitant kind of going in there and, you know, explaining how he won't see him before three o'clock and blah, blah, blah. You can tell that he's... You know, he's a little bit uh, hesitant. Uh, uh, he's a little nervy, I reckon. But I suppose if you got a haircut like that, you'd be a bit nervous going in and seeing a billionaire. But I don't think he, he came noticed. off as a real bloody toady, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, toady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, wonderful, wonderful. It is, access. it is terrific viewing, terrific. And I hope that, like you say, I hope your idea comes through and uh, we get a, a, a docu series run through the summer. Oh, actually, on that point, I saw Gus Gould. Just to digress a little bit, Do- Gus Gould has uh, come out and said that we need a summer comp, which is what I've been saying for what thirty years I at saw least. That. Yeah, well, in light of uh, there being no reserve go, wouldn't it be a tremendous opportunity? Oh. I've been saying it for since as long as I can remember that we need a summer comp with all of the Reggies. Can you imagine? It'd be oh, fantastic. It'd be you wonderful. could just have something to cheer for. You could see all of the the boys coming up through the grades and pick play. out who you wanted to play for. Imagine the the talk around the yeah. you know the preseason. Oh well, I saw bloody this this bloke and that bloke in the summer comp just tearing it yeah, up. Exactly, and you yeah. play them all at night where it's not too yeah, hot. Yeah, of course. It'd be bloody wonderful. But I'll tell you what. The Jindalup Giants under sixes better not have a bloody <laughs> summer comp because I tell you, I'm weary to my bones. We had our last game on Sunday and I tell you, I know what these coaches go through. Holy crap. 
What a hard job it is, even coaching four or five and six-year-olds. Oh, there's an idea for next year. Well, I'm going to bring the cameras up and do a wild, oh, wild I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Imagine how good it would be, like getting in the sheds with those blokes. I'll tell you what, let's do it. Let's do it next year. And, and I tell you, I'm one of the Giants' favourite sons. I could get access <laughs> where I could get in the dressing rooms and everything. Interview the bloody players. How are you feeling? How are you feeling, mate? How are you feeling? Feeling good? All like, right, you know. a WA Rugby League extravaganza. Oh. There you go. We've got it penciled in. And then that'll get us into the big leagues, I reckon, next year. We'll, the year after that, we'll be down with our cameras doing Canterbury. Are we making plans live on air? Yep. All right. Well, our uh, listeners are going to hold us to it and we'll be accountable. Banging on wax like stomping on your vinyl with a mind full of raps, I can rock to the final. Bell when it rings, you'll believe in my motto. If you feel with a gift, then spill it till you hollow. I'm a caramel shell, sweet vessel for the most high. Folks try rocking like this, but they don't lie. Welcome back to our good friend Craig from Goolagong. We missed him last week because we had uh, other things and we had to make an emergency broadcast, but he's back this week. G'day, Craig. How you going, fellas? Good, thank you, Craig. What have you What's got? What's going on? Oh, I've been uh, thinking about, you know, the, the link from the, the last time we talked is those regional tours that international sides used to make. And they used to play districts, like rep sides of all the group competitions, uh, including the Western Division, which uh, we're all part of, yeah. um, sort of Group 10 and beyond. Sort of west of the mountains in New South Wales was a rep team, Western Division. But in 1974, a fella um, came up with the idea of an FA Cup-style competition uh, involving uh, the big clubs and minnows in the forms of those regional rep sides. And in that uh, first season, 1974, it was called the Amco Cup. Oh. And you know an Amco is, fellas, are you too young? No. Weren't they insurance brokers or something? Or? Oh, come on, fellas. <laughs> Was jeans. It too young. Jeans. Jeans. Yeah, jeans. Yeah. Really? jeans. Amco jeans. I remember yeah. Amco jeans. Um, they, they had a particular type of trouser called the Bogart, <laughs> um, which in my youth were the hottest pants in town. They were... <laughs> Very tight around the ass and uh, flared and had a, a seam, uh, or three seams really, one down the front of the jean, um, which uh, extended from the belt line to the cuff, um, and two sort of GT stripe arrangements next to them in seams, and they were... Uh, crystal cylinder shirts and Amco Bogarts were my <laughs> my disco outfit, mate, um, and the rest of Australia's as well. But Amco, realising that this was their moment in uh, sartorial history, um, put up the funds to uh, sponsor the Amco Cup, which was this midweek held cup that went on during the regular season. And the likes of, you know, Manly and South and Roosters and Cronulla would uh, play off in a knockout-style competition. There wasn't a home and away like they have uh, with the FA Cup in England, but it was a knockout comp on a Wednesday night. And this is, you know, the, the way they did it. And they did it from 1974 to 1989. It had a range of sponsors. Uh, started with Amco from 74 to 79, then Tooth Brewery, 
took over for 80 and 81. KB Beer, Kids Beer, uh, <laughs> were in charge for 82 and 83. And after that, the uh, Panasonic Corporation, National Panasonic, came in and sponsored it from 84 to 89 when it died. But 1974, who would win that competition, do you think? Thinking of the, the great sides of the, the early 70s, who do you think would have won? I'm going to take a punt and say Western Division. Oh, come on. Did I telegraph that someone? <laughs> yes, I did. Um, but yes, uh, the battlers from the bush, um, with a bunch of players drawn from, say, Lithgow, Cobar, Blaney, Cowra, Canandra. Um, basically, uh, there wasn't uh, a, like a dominant team. It was a disparate group of, uh, you know, uh, bush footy players who came off and knocked off the big uh, the big teams in this thing. And within that team was a fellow from uh, Lithgow, uh, a fellow called Ted Ellery, and you know what they called him? Ah, oh, TV Ted. TV Ted, yeah. because on Wednesday nights he would shake up the world <laughs> every week with his hard-charging style. Um, Ted uh, was an interesting character. He was a, a coal miner from Lithgow. Uh, he ended up at Portland eventually, but um, he played for Lithgow Workies, so he wasn't a teammate of Roy Slavin <laughs> at the Shammies. Um, and this sort of does tie in with uh, Roy's new book. Have you read that <laughs> Excuse book? Excuse me. <laughs> I haven't as yet, but I'm going to give it a go because those books that those guys write, uh, there was one, the South Coast News, which if you remember back in the day, uh, they'd have a segment on this sporting life called South Coast News, yeah. and they uh, included, they basically wrote a novel about uh, living and playing footy down on the South Coast. It was fantastic stuff. But I digress. Um, TV Ted Ellery, um, bald as a badger, uh, tall, uh, hewn out of uh, cypress pine. He was quite a fella. And he used to get the ball and run directly into the opposition. And the opposition, uh, after the first week of the competition, knew that this guy was dangerous. So they'd line him up. But it said that uh, Ted almost got, always got through the first line of tacklers. Uh, and the TV sensation that was uh, the Amco Cup, um, the Western Division team really captured the imagination of the public. And uh, the legend of TV, Ted Ellery, was born. Was, uh, um, were Amco smart enough to get him into a pair of Bogarts? <laughs> oh, he wouldn't be wearing them. He'd be no. wearing proper... <laughs> uh, a pair of overalls from the mine for the daytime wear and pyjamas at night, I would have thought. Oh, he, he didn't he, get dressed up for the pregame in a nice big wide uh, lapel suit or anything like that? I wouldn't think oh. uh, much of a fashion plate, old Ted. All oh, right, uh, but Ted had a number of. Uh, there's an excellent book. You, the great uh, rugby league writer Ian Heads wrote a book called "The Night the Music oh, Died." Oh yeah, I've read that. That's a great. How book, a bunch yeah. of bushies forged rugby league's last great fairy tale, um, described by none other than uh, Craggy Pants Wayne Bennett as an inspiring and important. A wonderful book. Mm, it's um, a great book. But uh, TV Ted had other nicknames about the Lithgow district. He was known as the Bald Eagle. <laughs> uh, he was known as Crazy Horse. Uh, he was known as Mad Dog because uh, when the, the 
Lithgow Workies were playing the uh, the Bathurst Charlestons, and that's not a name you hear too often these days. I don't know quite how they got the name Charlestons. Perhaps they were. Uh, they sound you know, like a bunch of toffs. <laughs> 1920s jazzers doing the Charleston trap. Sort of war cry. What about the Lithgow Lindy Hops? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Um, the Blaney Boogaloo Boys. Yeah. Um, but uh, he was called the christened by a Charleston's player uh, as Mad Dog Ellery because he threatened to bite this guy's ear off. Uh, much in the, the manner of Bumper Farrell. Um, but, yeah, he was a, a tough guy. He worked uh, in the mines and still played every weekend for Lithgow Workies. He also played for Portland, Cootamundra, Nambucca Heads, Ningen, Brisbane Brothers, and even a stint in P&G with the Coney Tigers. So you'd have to describe him as a journeyman, wouldn't journeyman, you? Journeyman, yeah. Would he, would, he, would, he play, would he get time off from the mines to play that, or was he kind of semi-pro uh, in that era? Good question. I mean, my understanding of it, I mean, certainly there wasn't that much money in uh, – you might have got sponsorship, but, you yeah, you had to work still back in the 70s, yeah. um, certainly in the bush. Um Ted, after he finished with football, ended up back in the mines, and there was a terrible incident – at the uh, Hermitage Colliery in uh, Lithgow, and I'm reading here from he and Head's book, uh, things went terribly wrong. The miners dread a rockfall caught Ellery and his work colleagues. Next to him was Bob Murray, a football, football teammate who was killed by a huge rock. In one of those amazing events that can happen in life or death situations, Ellery's reflex was to try to save Murray by lifting the boulder off him. Estimates later put the weight of the rock at about half a tonne, but he managed to move it, which is pretty extraordinary. Um, his mate didn't survive, but uh, Ted was a union man. Um, he very staunch in that regard. He, uh, um, yeah, uh, he's a pretty solid sort of a bloke. He was described um, by none other than Rabbit Warren. He said, he'd come on, they'd aim him at a brick wall and away he'd go. It was a case of get out of me road. It was the first time we'd seen Ted Ellery, of course, and he was the story, front, back and centre. In a side that did a terrific job, their toughness and determination, he was the man. Ted would be given the letter and the other mob would line him up, yet many times he'd burst through the other side. And come out the other, most of my memories from that uh, first year, 1974, centre around him. Um, and uh, Mike Gibson, you might do you remember Gibbo I from remember Wild Gibbo. World of Sports? Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, he was writing for the Telegraph, and uh, he said, uh, in the, the Amco Cups were largely played at uh, Leichhardt, and they were the first night games ever tele- uh, televised, and they had difficulty getting the lighting right. Um, but uh, perhaps part of uh, the mystique of Ted Ellery is that the, the lights would reflect of his uh, <laughs> of his bald skull, which, uh, according to Gibbo, shone like a beacon. It was Ted's skull that made him such a personal, popular personality. Sitting at home in your lounge room, watching him match it with all these long-haired young blokes, Russell Fairfax, Ted has become an inestimable source of comfort to many a man in his middle age. No matter what happens to TV Ted, he'll have the satisfaction of knowing that for one season back in 1974, when by rights he probably should have been ready to hang up his boots, 
By the magic of television, for a few brief nights, he enjoyed the footballing name, the footballing fame of Fulton or Beetson. Yeah, so he made quite an impression. Um, I'll, I'll go to the record from that MK, MK Cup of 1974. Um, I wouldn't say the Western Division were lucky to win it, but they did have a few things go in their favour. They missed the, the first round. They didn't have a game. They came in in the second round and uh, they were pitched against uh, the champions of the New Zealand Rugby League company at the time, Auckland, and Western Division um, beat them 13 to 17. And uh, Ted got a try in that first gra- that first game that was broadcast uh, and became a fa- uh, you know a bit of a crowd favourite due to that. Then in the court, though, then they're straight into the quarterfinals. Um, which pitched them against uh, the Berries, Canterbury. Um, Western Division uh, came away with a win of 12 to 10. And in the semi-finals, they got pitched against Manly. And Manly, at that stage, uh, I think they were premiers that year. Yeah, I was um, going to um, Western Division drew with Manly and squeaked through to the final on the basis of a penalty countback which is an unusual way to decide a game like that. It's no golden point, but uh, I think they had less penalties, so they went through to the final, and in a brutal defensive display, they triumphed over Penrith, six points to two. Uh, No tries in that game, I believe. Was there anyone Um, else in that that Western Division team that went on to play first grade or... Yeah, in uh, Terry Fay. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Ted Ellis was another Lithgow fella. Uh, Terry Fay was from Wellington. Uh, Peter Walken from Dubbo. Paul Dowling, who was a, a copper from Bathurst. Uh, Greg Fernley, oh. who's uh, Kurt Fernley, uh, his uncle, I believe, from Carcor. Yeah. And uh, Trevor Simpson was Canada's representative. I, I haven't worked out quite who they say is. Uh, Cowra's rep, perhaps some of the more local boys might be able to uh, clue you in on that front. Yeah, I'm sure um, I know a couple of blokes who would who would know that. That would have been a logistical nightmare to get that team together to even meet each yeah, other, let alone train or, or put any... They, yeah, well, I don't think they got the train. Oh, right. uh, they might have in the week leading up to the final, but the, the, from what I hear, they were sort of uh, flown in from various parts of the state. Yeah, right. And... Uh, Said, go at it, lads. <laughs> There's some teams in the NRL now that could probably benefit from that kind of approach. I reckon just throw them all on a bus and say, "There you go, boys." Ah, yeah, yeah, the mystery that would be involved in <laughs> not knowing your teammates whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, surely that is the greatest skill test in rugby league. Oh, for sure. All right, well, mate. we had some fun with TV Ted. <laughs> we, we did. The bald eagle. I, I've just looked up a picture of him, and he definitely wasn't um, afraid to to let the world know that he was balding horrifically no, because no, he had no the came over. No, he had, had the big no, side. No bloody scamo plug. <laughs> exactly. No. He didn't even shave it all off. He just left the big side bits on there. He said to the world, "I'm uh, bald." You've got and to have I'm, a bit I'm of hair. Proud. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's right. Well, the thing is, it, if he's wearing a coal miner's helmet, he looks <laughs> ten years younger. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm off down the op shop after we finish recording to get try and find a pair of Amco Bogarts. That's for sure. <laughs> Nice Mate, I, I, I had them and they were... They were I can picture them. Desirable. Yeah. <laughs> um, Levi's you couldn't afford, but Amco were a bit cheaper and the, the Amco Bogarts were sort of a stepping stone 
between uh, casual and formal. Yeah, well, so and, and like you say, pair them up with a crystal cylinders T-shirt, preferably like a pastel yellow or something like that, and a uh, pair, pair of beach combs. Yeah, I had a bit one of uh, with a uh, a pelican and sort of oh, tropical motifs. Yes, of course. Yeah, so yeah, that was the, when I was going to the disco um, <laughs> in my suede stack heels platform shoes, banging out some crystal cylinder shirt and perfectly straight Sean Cassidy style hair. <laughs> Man, I look cool. <laughs> Right, boys. All right, mate. Thank you. We'll talk Good to you to soon. See you. See you. Right. See ya. never leave the ground. To get up, you gotta first get down. It's a process, homie. Class acts only. You might gotta deal, but your rap sound only. Was there ever a rugby league rule in your memory that caused as much um, consternation amongst the rugby league public as this bloody six again? Never. Uh, There's never oh. been anything like Surely it. they got to get rid of it. Oh, well, do you think they will? No, I think so. I think that, yeah, that, that it's reached a uh, boiling point in the in the on the the socials and such, uh, and they have to get rid of it because it's just um, it, it's creating too much controversy, and teams are getting rolled over the top of. But you've read a little bit of uh, Roy Masters' you wisdom know. over the over the week, and well, actually, I've been going on about how Roy's my favourite guy journalist in uh, rugby league, and he's uh, come up with some stats that were released by the NRL. So, here it goes. Hang on, why did they release the stats? To make themselves look good, presumably. Well, I don't know. But hmm. that's the, that was the whole thing. It's not like anyone's done any deep dive or anything like that, but it's there readily available for anyone to see, and it's official. The NRL's own data demonstrates that in 2021, no club has won a six-again count when leading by 19 points or more in a match. And only one of the NRL's 16 clubs has lost a six-again count when behind on the scoreboard by 19 or more points. So, basically what they're saying is they're evening games up. You, and you think they're being directed to do so by the likes of Mr. Annesley et al.? Well, that's the thing that Roy kind of gets into is that he doesn't actually think that. He just thinks that there's a, an unconscious bias by the referees and, you know, in the, in the, in the interest of human fairness, they're actually just <laughs> like, they're, they're like, oh, God, these blokes are struggling. I better just ease up on them. Like, I think that's actually the tone of the story is that there's nothing, uh, there's nothing untoward about it and there's no directive or anything. It's just like this unconscious bias. Well, this has been going on forever, even before the six again era, obviously, when, uh, I mean, every man and his dog used to see that the refs were to square up the penalty count. And I suppose now they're just doing it with the six agains because it's it's less, uh, there's less scrutiny on it. But Well, there was, but now it seems like there's, there's getting more and more and more. Well, I always thought that, I and I always believed this, that there, that there was a directive from them if... If the penalty counts nine to one in the first half, then you square it up in the second half. And I reckon that actually was. You know, remember when they had KPIs and stuff where the referees had to come out and they had these preconceived kind of ways of refereeing certain teams. But what Roy is saying here, and I agree with this, is that it's so fast and it's so on the on the fly, like these six agains, you know, where they're just like, okay, six again, six again, like that, um, that there's no actual time for them to... To think, and it's just like a, an unconscious kind of bias. Hmm, I don't know. I, I tend to notice that they there's more, way more six agains at the start 
of a game than there is in the second half. Like, yeah. that, And that used to be the way with penalties too. You'd get a heap of them blown in the first 10, 15 minutes just to let like let the players know that the ref's the boss. Yeah, and this set is the tone. Yeah. But you know what they call this? You ever played Mario Kart? Yeah, my son loves it. Well, it's called rubber banding. Oh, well, you ever us. notice that when you're in the lead in Mario Kart, you're flogging the rest of it, and then one of those blue shells will just come out of nowhere and smack you and <laughs> and put you out of the race, and then everybody else catches up? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what's going on. So why is it called rubber banding? Well, then? rubber banding is when you're um, at the back of the field, and somebody's way out in front, and then you get slingshotted to the front by a big rubber band. Oh. <laughs> so that's what the refs are trying to do, is get the Bulldogs back into the lead yeah, with a big rubber band and six against. Well, the Bulldogs are the worst defenders. They've had more six against called against them than any other team. And, oh. uh, surprisingly, Penrith uh, have, had, have had the best. Yeah, well, uh, uh, that this is going to... Uh, it's going to die and it's going to go into the footnotes of rugby league yeah, as one of the a, worst ideas that anybody ever had. Well, and, uh, it'll yeah, be Peter it, Van, Van Lewin's... Uh, Valandis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have trouble with that bloke, don't you? It'll be his his legacy that'll go down on, Wiki, on his Wikipedia page yeah. as the man who brought in the six again. Yeah, and no, I think, well, to get rid of this unconscious bias, it's pretty simple, isn't it? Just get rid of the stinking bludger of a rule. I hate it. And uh, let's all lead a, lead a revolt against it. So it's never seen again. Frail, riddle, no meat bony. Here's your protein slapped in the mouth with a cone. I'm only bugging. I try to keep it fun with it to jam like this. Take it back to 90 something like Chub Rock Chubster for the B-Boy sucker. Round 22 um, featured a, quite a few close games, actually. Wasn't a bad round, to be honest. Mm, TBH. You, can you feel the, uh, can you feel finals in the air? Well, I don't know. There's not that electricity for me yet about the finals, but yeah, I suppose we're going to, in the next couple of rounds, we're going to see all these bludgers bloody fighting it out for seventh and eighth, so I suppose that'll be a bit interesting. Well, but, that's... Uh, um, what's the top four locked up or... Anyway, oh, let, 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 no, it's no, not actually. Not really, no. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so let's uh, get into our little recap here. A few good games. Guess who picked the card? Oh, Jesus Christ. Your old pal, Benji. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, eight from eight. Oh, we'll see, buddy. Bloody nailed it. How do you reckon I was watching that Roosters-Broncos game where I picked the Broncos and, oh, God, I broke my heart. You know what the worst bit about it is, though? What? Oh, I'm a wowser now. What? I don't punt. Oh, you could have cleaned up. Years ago, I would have had a fiver on that. Yeah. I'd have a, a couple of hundred bucks just sitting in front of me right now and just wondering what to spend it on. Maybe some new headphones or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it wonderful when you win that kind of money? Sometimes it doesn't pay to be a wowzer, it turns out. Oh, well. Yeah, well. Anyway, Storm 26, Raiders 16. This is a game the Raiders could have won if they weren't so fucking dumb. Well, I was going to say, we nearly got through this episode... Without having any swears, but uh, there you go. Oh, I so, did one before. Oh, did you? Well, mm. yeah, well, I was saying that to you off air, that the Raiders could have won this if they weren't dumb, error riddled, and if they had a bit of sting in their bloody defence. Jesus Christ, it was like they were bloody tackling with little bloody driving gloves on. You know, those little the ones with little dainty, holes in them. No, those dainty little lacy uh, ones that women <laughs> used to use. When they were driving around in the 50s, I imagine. They weren't allowed to drive. Oh, they weren't allowed in the front bar either. They no, had the little, their own little bar, the ladies' lounge. Well, I've got to say that I reckon Jackie Whiten's coming back into a bit of form. He seemed to have kind of found his way. Oh, get. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. Get. Credit where it's due. No, he was horrible again. No, he was all right. 
He did. He threw a couple of bloody cutout passes to to uh, Bailey Simonson on the wing, and apart from that, he did nothing. Well, I tell you, nothing. Chance is back this week, and geez, I reckon they've missed him more than anything. I reckon. I reckon if they had had a decent fullback on the weekend, they would have made a big difference. And of course, uh, Corey Hadawido Nido is out for three weeks. I reckon he's very lucky to only get three weeks, but he's a clean skin. He's never had a charge. Mm. Apart from a police charge or whatever that landed him there. Was he he certainly the whacked players? him. It, it wasn't a good a no, good look at all, but no, anyway. No, uh, you know who the most critical bloke about this was, once again? You, do you remember when Sia uh, Soliola clipped Billy Slater? Was it Billy Slater? Oh, yeah. And and the knives came out, the pitchforks, and who was leading the charge? Buzz of Rothfield. Oh, was he? And who was, who was on Twitter immediately after that happened saying that that was the worst tackle he's ever seen? And he should be rubbed out for the rest of the year. Buzz Rothfield. Oh, really? The man on the Roosters payroll. He said that about Corey yeah. this week. Oh, Buzz. Get a life. Jesus, he's a piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> he uh, really is. Let's move on before I get too cranky. Panthers 34 beat the Dragons 16. Well, see, I didn't even watch the second half of this because what the Panthers rolled in about three or four tries in the first half and the bloody Dragons won, I think. Uh, one try. What? If there's a worse player in the world than Corey Norman, I haven't seen it. Oh, he's a bludger, isn't he? There's some people that reckon he's, he's oh, pretty well, good. <laughs> some people related to us. <laughs> Big shout out to our little brother, Simon. Um, it's not so little, he's 42 years old, but Jesus Christ, Simon, come on, mate. Corey's hopeless. <laughs> and he's not get, they're not getting any of their money's worth. What's he on, 800 grand a year or something? Uh, Jesus Christ. Christ. Well, this game was most notable for Hook, uh, hooking into the referees in the press conference. Oh, I didn't see this. Yeah. What did he say? Well, maybe this is why Graham's come out. Oh, most definitely, because he had an easier target than Trent Robinson to yeah, pick on, exactly. so he picked Poor on Hook. Crazy Hook, who bloody, his uh, head um, swimming with conspiracy theories. Yeah, he was refs falling all over the place. And, oh, yeah, I and, didn't uh, see this. Well, Nathan Cleary, there was a clear shoulder charge that Nathan got away with, didn't even get charged, mind you, oh, after course. saying yeah, that he was just you. bracing, but he wasn't. He was. Just, no, it was a clear shoulder charge. charge. Jack Bird dropped the ball and... And Hook wasn't happy because the Panthers scored not long after that and Hook was uh, intimating that they could have been in the game if not for that one shoulder charge, which is a load of shit. But he's got a point. Yeah. But uh, he won't be refs falling all over the place this week, I would say, after Graham's uh, tirade anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the Roosters 21 beat the Broncos 20 in a, a thrilling affair. Jeez. Well, it wasn't really. It was error-riddled and, and uh, horrible. But the Broncos looked to have this one in the bag, but they somehow lost it. Jeez, um, oh, what, buddy, what would you give for a bloke like Payne Haas playing the way he is at the moment? And bloody even blokes like bloody Danny Levi are going all right for the Broncos. Oh, they're full of heart and vim and pluck, but Jordan, they, they can't get it done. Some of their outside backs, like, geez, I thought, that, yeah, I, I was like you, but it was kind of tit for tat, really, this game, wasn't it? They were kind of... Going back and forth, the lead and everything. And then, of course, that bloody little shit kicking that field goal. And, buddy, how how, how long did um, Radley get for nearly breaking poor old Albert's bloody legs off? Yeah, I was going to get to that. And, um, well, there was plenty of excuses for, for <sighs> uh, Victor. Oh, he was just, what, what else is he supposed to do? Well, I'll tell you what he's supposed to do. is not attack the legs of a kicker, which is what... Um, uh, the rule was brought in for in exactly. the first place because there was blokes getting their legs snapped in half and they even showed on one of the shows during the week how it's supposed to be done. Uh, Steve Price used to get in trouble for 
uh, landing on the legs, and then he fixed his technique up, and and you go, you uh, predict the trajectory of the ball, and you and you go for that rather than diving at the legs. Exactly, so got- jump down, go down instead of diagonally, and that's exactly what Victor did, and he's a known grub. Yeah, well, he got three weeks, so. Well, Jesus Christ, he should have got more for that because that was bloody dangerous. Like mm. that's more dangerous than anything. That, well, like I said, poor old Albert, he's only got bloody little legs anyway. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been. Uh, I'd say a much more severe punishment had Albert hurt his legs in any way, but he popped straight up. Good on you, yeah, Albie. I know. And, uh, Jesus, I'll tell you what, bloody Roosters are lucky they had Tedesco because he pretty much won it for him. Well, he reckon. was playing with a – was one stage he was screaming at the referee with blood spurting out of his mouth, and I thought, that can't well, be. Well, he scored a try and there was blood pissing out of his mouth all over his chin. Well, he was. there was a, a contentious decision there not to send somebody to the sin bin, and Teddy was, was screaming at him, and, and, and blood was actually <laughs> – Spitting into the face of the ref, and the ref was just standing there copping it. Oh, it's just one rule for the rest, <laughs> isn't it? It's just, anyway. Uh, uh, West Tigers 24, Wild West beat the Cowboys 16 in a, um, a pretty good game for the Tigers. Yeah, I like how they play. I like I like everything oh, about you just it. Love them now. Ken Mamalo, holy crap, what Mamalo. a finisher. Mamalo. Mamalo. Sorry, sorry. And uh tell you what, the Cowboys have got real problems having that Tom Dearden. Holy crap, what a bludger. Yeah. Oh my god, he's awful and I can see why the uh, Broncos let him go, but uh, good signs, I reckon, uh, for the Tigers. Uh, and uh, they might. <laughs> yeah, on, I, I, well, come they beat on. the Cowboys, but geez, I can't wait to see that episode. Tales Madge from is Porter be, Town is oh. clouding your judgment. Well, it they're, is they're same as what it did the with the Titans last <laughs> year, and they bloody they fooled me into thinking they were a good team. They're only, they're only playing the Cowboys, who are, <laughs> I, I say it every week, terribly coached. This was a it was a bludger of a game. Let's be honest. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big yeah. problems at um uh, at uh. You missed the game. Hang on. No, I didn't. Rabbitohs Titans. Oh, I did too. Rabbitohs thirty six. Titans six. Well, that was an easy one to miss because another bloody bloodbath. Terrible game. Yeah. Horrible. I didn't. Nice. I, I didn't m- much uh, care for this game. You know, I love rugby league. I had a I had one eye on it. And one eye on um, eight ball pool. You play eight ball pool on your phone? Jesus, that's fun. Oh, no, I play a game called Homescapes and I'm terribly addicted to it. <laughs> Jeez, it's one of those match up, match three yeah, games. I know it, I know it. Yeah. It's wonderful, oh, wonderful game. But uh, yeah, but I didn't get to the second half of this one either. I'm a statistic. I'm a bloody statistic of these rugby league bloodbaths, but. Uh, I don't know. What's going on with the Titans? They're useless. I don't care. I don't care about the Titans at all. I don't know why I don't, but I just don't. Yeah, well, I don't now because I've got a new docuseries to make my second favourites the Tigers. So if anyone wants me to be be on board, they need to make a docuseries because the Titans bloody fooled me into thinking they were a good team and they won't fool me again unless they do another docuseries (laughs) next year. Uh, what, what was I going to say? <laughs> sea Eagles, Eels, or yeah, yeah. Well, something? the Eels are in big trouble. Has been as widely reported during the week that the Eels are in all kinds of prob- uh, trouble, and none of their so-called stars stood up in this one. And oh. if Clinton, Clinton Gutherson thinks he's getting a million bucks a year after this, then he's sadly, sadly uh, mistaken. <laughs> after making what did he do all game? He made one conversion in the last minute. Yeah, Jesus Christ, Gutho, that's not a million dollar performance, mate. How about our man Ruben? Just Oof. had a day out. A handsome game of footy, didn't he? Scored Bloody about Williams. 18 tries, kicked about 48 goals. Just oh. loving life was is Ruben. He, is he going to be a point scoring, like, you know, like a croaker kind of point scoring record guy? How old is he? 
Sounder Young? I don't know. He's yeah, pretty know. pretty handy, pretty bloody handy player. Him and the uh, Brad Parker and uh, that other kid that I like. They got no direction. No, uh, it seems like they all hate each other. This has been a problem for the Eels for a long time. Is that anytime somebody makes a mistake, there's no pats on the bum, there's no ruffling of hair, no, don't worry about it, mate. We'll no, they the just call one. each other dumb C's. Yeah, and it's and Mitchell Moses is the worst for it. He will scream at anyone. But Ooh, I noticed, yeah, he's got little man syndrome. Oh yeah, and but then when he makes a mistake. He just he'll turn on his heels and just walk back towards his own goal line, yeah. so nobody can spray him. But if I was Mitchell's teammate, I'd be chasing him down <laughs> and grabbing him. him by the back of the jersey and, and screaming at him, preferably with blood in my mouth. Yeah, uh, and say, "How do you like that? Yeah. How you like me now?" Mm, yeah, just mm, I'd make awful. it real difficult. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, awful, but they're an awful football. Well, they're going to drop out of. The, I think the Eels, Eels will drop out and Sea Eagles take their place in the top four. Oh, for sure. Well, um, unless uh, we will get into that, depending on what's going on this weekend, because yeah. they got their bogey side, <laughs> the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, next <laughs> Warriors. Warriors twenty four beat the poor old Bulldogs ten. Uh, the Bulldogs look like they might have been in this for a little while, but they weren't really. There were some good signs, I thought, for the Bulldogs. But then you think, oh, it's all coming from Meany, who they let go to Melbourne. What are they thinking? Letting, uh, like, surely that's not his own. He played good, I reckon. Well, the dogs have got a lot of talent coming coming in, I suppose. Yeah. And, geez, I like some of their players like Shop again. Shoop, Shoopy. Oh, I love that bloke. He's a real good player, I reckon. Yeah. And I like the Warriors, too. I like uh, that buddy, what's his name, that fella I like. Josh Curran. He, well, I was just going to bring him up. He, he had the best game out of anyone in the high reckoning. He was the player of the round. Yeah. He was just everywhere. Everywhere, running those tight lines. But and he's been good all year. Balls. He's very much slipped under the radar, I reckon, this year. He's a very, very good player. Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a few clubs trying to headhunt him. Yeah, well, where was he? The first I saw him was in that Indigenous All-Stars game, I think. Yeah. I'd never even heard of him before that, and I think he played pretty good in that as well. But uh, He did, had a great game. I yeah. think he's a relatively young sort of kid. I don't know where he came from, do you? No. Let's look him up. We'll look him up. Uh, he's 22 years old from Sydney. Plays locking for the Warriors. Yeah. Oh, he played for the Roosters one game oh. in 2019. Really? Well, geez. Yeah. Well, there's another one they let go. Bloody everyone bemoaning the loss of talent from the Roosters. And they've just picked up Connor Watson for bloody, they reckon, 65 oh, grand a year. Or? He's a para junior. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, geez, he's found it. Oh, yeah, there'd be a lot of people chasing him. So, so well, what about Parrot? Parrot could bloody use him. Jeez, couldn't they? Instead of that bloody idiot, Madison, got himself sent off on the weekend. What a bloody post that kid is. Uh, Night 16 <laughs> beat the Sharks 14 in Ooh. a uh, hard-fought affair. It was all right, this game. It wasn't too bad, I suppose. It was at um, Morton Daly Stadium. Ooh. Morton. Where's that? I don't know. Redcliffe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was meant to mention Redcliffe. If they're not the front runners for the new license, then yeah. I'm, I'm not here because that stadium's beautiful. Beautiful, isn't it? Good. Yeah. yeah and apparently they're all cashed up. They've got millions of dollars in assets. And um, Well, there you go. Give a team to Redcliffe and give another one to Perth. There you go. There you go, Peter Abdo. The problem solved. <laughs> Peter Abdo. Peter slash Abdo. Oh. And get rid of six again. Put in two new teams. There you go. League indeed have solved all everyone's problems. Uh, the Sharks and the Knights are well on the um, well in the hunt for the top eight. So this was a pretty big game for both teams, and the, the Knights managed to get it done on the back of 
pip um, to them. Jack Clifford, of all people. <laughs> yeah, he actually... He was very good. Well, three penalty goals Clifford got. So, yeah, you don't see that too often, do you? Three penalty goals yeah. in a game. Yeah, I, I doubt that kid all the time, and I'm always wrong. Good on yeah, you, Jakey. He always seems to come good. But uh, there you go. Not a bad round of footy. And just to remind everyone, I picked the card. Well done to me. I'm well, 19, 92. I am your 86. You got six, which isn't good six enough. Six is all right. Said, well, no, it's not. It's not good enough. <laughs> I'll pick it this week. Tonight is the Titans versus the Storm. Your boys are in for a bit of a, a night out at Seabus Super Stadium. David Fafita's been named to start again, but may go back to the bench. Philip Sami listed on the reserves. He works his way back from an ankle injury. And AJ Brimson, out. Out. Uh, he had a surgery for a fractured jawa. Oh, so uh, Jaden Campbell in. Uh, yeah, him. and Sam McIntyre comes in to lock. Um, for the Storm, no injury concerns for Craig Bellamy. So. Of course not. Uh, Jerome Hughes is out though after that concussion, so I suppose that's kind of an injury concern after uh, Corey Hadawit and Nida whacked him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ryan Papa, but it's easy to replace him, isn't it? Because they yeah. just bring Nico into the halves and put Ryan Pappenhausen back yeah. to fullback. No worries, says Melbourne. No worries at all. No worries. Uh, who are you going to tip? Can't go past Melbourne here, although there's some uh, pundits saying that uh, Melbourne are on the slide. I don't know what drugs Joey Johns is on nowadays. but What? Uh, yeah, Joey reckons they're in trouble. Uh, some story, all right, but yeah, Joey's got the brain damage, obviously. Uh, can't see him losing this. So MLB for you. Yes. MLB for me. Sorry, I went off mic there. I'm just trying yeah. to write on my little sheet here. Do you know uh, about our proximity effect? Oh, yeah, so you get up tight and you sound real rich and deep. You get back here, not rich and deep. There you go. You learn something on League Indeed. Proximity effect. Raiders versus Sea Eagles. <laughs> oh, yeah, this will be a good game. Friday, 6 p.m. Suncorp Stadium. Charles Nickel Kluster has oh, been thank named God. to return. Thank uh, God. Put him in the starting side, Ricky. Bloody hell, we got him on 14. Jesus Christ, they need a fullback. Oh, they'll... They'll play. They, he'll start at fullback if he's fit. I presume he's fit. I presume he's been doing laps of Ricky's uh, dolphin tank <laughs> to build up his fitness. Ricky's eight hundred square meter hotel room. Yeah, it's like a uh, it's like an AFL oval. But m- the most exciting. I don't. I mean, Chan's all well and good to come back into the team because I love Chansey. But did you see who's on the bench? My man, Matt Frawley. Matt Frawley. Uh, which is intriguing to say the least, but I'm sure uh, it's cover for Tommy Starling who broke his jaw as well. Yeah, poor old Tommy. Uh, and Corey had a weird anita is out with obviously three weeks suspension for that whack so on Jerome Hughes. So he's gone for the season. Poor old Corey, he didn't deserve to end. Well, that he's not gone for the season. There's still hope. <laughs> well, there's hope. There's bloody life. And uh, so Tommy Trebojevic is the big news out of the, uh, last week with a fractured cheekbone. Apparently it is fractured, but he said to Desi that he wants to play. Oh, but this is one of those injuries where bloody froth comes up out of your eye socket and stuff. Ugh, yeah. Don't play him, Desi, you madman. Like, we all know you're mad. Don't play him. Well, as Raiders fans, I would highly recommend <laughs> sitting him out. Yeah. Put a plate in a his rest. head. He needs a rest. Um, now, you were intimating before that the Sea Eagles are the Raiders' bunnies, but they've won six of their last eight <laughs> against the Raiders, the Sea Eagles. So. But they didn't win their last one, though, did they? That's all I'm going off. 
I don't know what to do here because if Turbo's out, I think they're a chance. But if he's in, we're no chance. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go the Raiders because I I got some I got some uh, ground to catch up because you tipped the card. You keep reckoning last week. Well, you're going CBR. I'm going MAN. Well, this is the kind of game that Canberra can win. (laughs) Actually, Brad Parker's out as well because he got he got a nasty concussion. Moses Suley comes in. uh, Yeah, well, that's a big out, buddy. mm. Hank Scorpio. Hmm. Yeah. No, I'm sticking solid with my boys, Manly. Good. There's one for me. One. Uh, next up will be Panthers, Rabbitohs. Oh, God. Jeez, I hope they bash the crap out of each other. Mm. <laughs> Is this a blockbuster? Well, you'd say, I suppose, if in top top two, top four teams going at it, and I suppose these are the ones that need to hang on to their position because I think Panthers are kind of on the downward, aren't they? Well, everyone says that uh, Wayne, Wayne's got the bloody rabbitos humming at humming, the right time yeah. of the year as yeah. per usual. I don't know. I, I mean, they're going okay, but I, I, everyone's well, saying that they're going to be premiership favourites. Maybe no. that's – is that where Joey Johns is coming from? Well, I don't know. Like, I don't see him as premiership. I, I see him as uh, losing in the prelim final, as they always do, but uh, – they look all right, but who they beat? They beat some nobodies last week, didn't they? Who they bloody beat? Titans. I don't Saints. know. Saints. Saints. Yeah, bloody flogged them. Uh, Tavita Bangai Jr. makes his debut for the yeah. the Panthers. Oh, uh, so he, well, that's good to see him back after his unfortunate uh, mm. personal timeout. So that's good. James Fisher Harris back on the, Harris is back on the bench. Oh, for this well, I week. thought that's what they bought Tavita for to cover for him. Yeah, oh, well, oh, everything's well, okay. One rule you, for the Panthers, one rule for everyone else. When you're a glamour club, you can get away with that stuff, can't you? Dane da- Dane Gago and Alex Johnson are on track to play, and uh, Campbell Graham has overcome a nasty concussion, so he should be right as well. Mm. Um, I'm gonna go. Rabbitohs, I think. Ooh, interesting. Is uh, old Golden Balls playing? Cleary? Oh, of course he is. So this will be, be a good matchup. Uh, I'm going to go against you. I'm going to go Panthers so I can claw one back. This is See, this is all tactical. <laughs> it's all <laughs> silly is what it is. It's no, all, they'll, they'll win. It's Panthers all hair-brained. Panthers uh, Wild Tigers versus Sharks on Saturday, 3 p.m. at Rockhampton. Oh, this will be a good game. The home too. of the Peanut. Are the Tigers in the hunt for the eight still or not? No, the 13. I think they can mathematically make yeah, it. Yeah, they can. So. Um, Tamo was a late withdrawal. He'll need to pass a final fitness t- uh, to play this week. Jimmy Roberts is on track for his first game since round 16. Mm. And, and Billy, Walters, Billy Walters is in as well, I see. Yes. Somewhere. Sorry, did I steal your thunder? No, no, not at all. Oh. You interject whenever you want. Yeah, though. well. You're a co-host, <laughs> after all. <laughs> I'm, the co- I'm the colour man. Uh, Ronaldo Mulatalo has been named to play. Needs to pass a concussion. I think the Sharks are better without Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo's yeah. not my kind of guy. Matt Moylan, chance to be late inclusion. Mm, Matty bloody Moylan. Bloody, he's still running around, is he? Yeah. Sharks have won six of their last seven against the Tigers. Um, hmm. Uh, what's, um, Moses doing at fullback? What's happened to, what's his name? Uh, Dane Laurie. Dane Laurie. He's been out for a while, hasn't Has he? Has he? Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> You're not following your boys <laughs> very well. I got well. caught up in the madness, but, uh, Mo- well, Mo- well, Moses is on the, on he's the, fallen on his sword, hasn't he? He's, he's on he, the bus. Well, I tell you what, he bloody listened to the podcast last week and he said, you know what? That sand bloke's got some good ideas. Like the, the so-called communist. 
I'm going to do the same. I'm going to bloody think about my teammates for once instead of myself. Oh, and I'm going to take my 800 grand in the bank and I'm going to go somewhere else. Are just you kidding? To- You're kidding. He did. He listened to the podcast. He-, he signed with St. George on a lucrative <laughs> rich deal with Hook. <laughs> He slid into my DMs and said, hey, I'm doing the right thing, That's a terrible signing for the Dragons. Absolutely (laughs) bloody awful. And they're all... all Well, they signed bloody Corey Norman, so why not, Moses? They're all out there, all of the uh, Fox Sports types saying, how what a... Hook's just out picking up bargains left, right and centre. He's picking up blokes that nobody else wants for 300, 400 grand, stacking his team full of nuffies. That's what he's doing, in my professional podcasting opinion. (laughs) Uh, anyway, who did you tip again? Oh, I haven't tipped anyone yet, but I'm going the Tigers because I reckon... Oh, but geez, I'm just looking at William Kennedy versus Embi. Ah, oh, shit, because bloody hell, he's a good player, William. Uh, nah, Tigers. Sharks for me. Oh, jeez. We're almost bloody all hell. different so yeah. far. Wonderful. Uh, Bulldogs versus Knights. Canterbury coach Trent Barrett. Uh, said 5'8", Jake Avarillo was in doubt. Mm. Uh, and Lachlan Lewis is on standby. Nick Meaney needs to get through concussion to, to have a game this week. And Corey Allen's a late withdrawal. Oh, oh no, sorry. He's back on no, deck after being a late withdrawal last week. Now, here's a stat for you. The Bulldogs have won eight of their last ten against the Knights. Well, I was going to tip him. Uh, Frizzell's out. Um, Will Kennedy. What? Did Clemmer oh, yeah. um, did Clemmer get cited for busting Fafita's larynx? No, he's in. Yeah, no, he didn't. There was nothing. They didn't find him doing anything wrong, even oh. though it was one of those Jared Will Warrior Hargreaves carries where you, we put the bumper bar up and oh yeah, because it was him in, in off, right. offense. Seems to be uh, an accepted mode of of attack these days, and I mm. suppose it'll take a few more blokes' larynxes to get crushed before they outlaw, outlaw it. But anyway. Mm. I'm going to go, oh, geez, you'd love to tip the Bulldogs here just to keep the Knights out of the eight, wouldn't you? Oh, because that's exactly what I'm doing, because I reckon <laughs> they're going to win. Well, I'm going to go with my head and tip the Knights, but I want I want the Dogs to win. Bloody shop versus Bradman Best did nothing again on the weekend apart from that silly little bloody flick pass, but didn't boo. You, didn't you admit that you didn't watch this game before? No, I watched it. I don't think you did. I did so watch the Knights. Who were they playing? No, the Knights was a close game. <laughs> Knights versus Sharks. Of course I watched it. I watched Bradman Best do nothing. Oh, please. Like I told you he'd do nothing. Please. Apart from that little flick pass. Anyway, Shoppy, you're my man. You're going to win it for him. Oh, Kyle Flanagan's playing shit. No, no, Bulldogs. <laughs> Bulldogs. They'll win. Easy. E- Eels versus Cowboys. Seabus uh, <laughs> Super Stadium, the last game on Saturday. Kafusi, Oregon Kafusi, that is, expected to play after miss last week. Tom Opacic is um, out for a couple of weeks with ribs. Hayes Dunster gets a start again. At the uh, expense of Aldi. Oh, yeah, poor old Aldi. He had a bloody good game last yeah. week. He was one of the few... Uh, high points. Well, I wonder what his bloody hotel room looks like. It's probably the bloody janitor's closet. He's not complaining. Um, <laughs> Talmalolo Ta- Ta- got a broken hand, but he looks like he might be back this week. Ruben Cotter's 100% ready to go, says Coach Todd Payton. Mm-hmm. Kyle Felt, out. Cohen Hess, out, I think. Uh, Felt scored eight tries in his last six games against the Eels. Yeah, well, tricky tries, I bet, as well. Like, Oh, everybody loves Kyle Felt. One of those so o- over-the-head type things on his back, uh, NBA and style. You can't really. Well, no, I'll let you go first. 
Well, I'd like to tip the Cowdoys here, but I just don't think they're very good. They're uh, horrible. Really, really they horrible. They really are, but is this the kind of game they can win? No. Nah. I'll tell you what, Reese Robson's pretty good, like, and they don't have, uh, what's his name, um, uh, Parramatta's hooker. they got that silly buddy Lussick kid. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go Cowboys because <laughs> it's the kind of game they can win. Go, oh. Cowboys. I'm tipping them. Go. Go. Who are you tipping? Eels. Right. Uh, Dragons Roosters Sunday, 2 p.m. at Clive Clive Berghofer Stadium <laughs> in Toowoomba. Wow, I've never been there. We've been to Toowoomba. We, yeah, but not to Clive Berghofer. Yeah, no, that's true. Billy Burns needs to pass, 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 pass concussion <laughs> protocols. <laughs> you just had a mini stroke live on air. I was, I was trying to say pass <laughs> protocols and I got twisted up. Uh, Hook Anthony Hook Griffin's made another host of changes to his side. With Matt Dufty recalled at fullback and Jack Bird goes back to the centres. Josh Maguire at hooker oh, after Andrew McCulloch what? underwent. <laughs> what? Uh, well, hang on. Yeah, well, he's played there before, Bruce remember? Maguire at hooker. Yeah, Jesus I remember him playing Christ. there before at dummy half and he's bloody horrible at it. Oh, I was just picturing him looking at the ball after it comes through the legs going He's just sort of like that What am I doing? What am I doing? Your hooker goes down and, and McCulloch puts his hand up and goes, I can do that coach, no worries mate. And he goes, can you Andrew? And he goes Hey, if I can own Oh uh, no, what's his name? Josh. Josh. Yeah. Hey, I can do it, no worries mate. And then they give him a run at training and he, he goes real hard and then goes home and passes out for 24 hours because he's so wrecked and then gets to, to the game and can't play. Tackles, yeah. uh, Satili Tupanu is being monitored after a head knock. Jared Warrior Hargreaves is fresh off a week off and likely to return. Yeah. Fresh um, as a summer ham, mm, Jared. You can, well, you go first again. No, Roosters here, okay. buddy. St. George are awful. Uh, Broncos versus Warriors, the last game on Sunday at Suncorp Stadium. Albert Kelly's cleared of any uh, injury Good. after being getting whacked Good. by Victor. Danny Levi will be monitored after he left the field with a head knock last week. Herbie Farnworth has been named after failing to finish training last week. Selwyn Cobbo, buddy, played good last week. He did. Too. Yeah, he's a good bloody kid. Fast, isn't he? Uh, no late changes for the Warriors. Um, DWZ returns after his serving his ban last week. Oh, hmm. oh. Uh, and Chanel's playing, and uh, Reese is playing. Jeez, I got a host of superstars, including my favourite Peter Hiku. Jeez, who do you reckon? Warriors. Yeah, me too. We agreed on the last. The last, It looked like we were going to tip bloody all yeah, different. All there different. For a while. No, wouldn't that have been wild, <laughs> wild for the listeners at home? They're going, "Geez, who do I get on here?" Because you know, you sometimes have those crazy rounds. Not usually, not round twenty-three, admittedly, but you know, they've all worked each other out. But geez, I, I, I reckon I'm on the money. Warriors uh, for you. So Melbourne Manly, Rabbitohs, Sharks, Knights, Eels, Raw Roosters, Warriors for me. Melbourne, Canberra, Penrith, Tigers, Dogs, Cowboys, Roosters, Warriors <laughs> well, for I tell you. you what, I'm going to put a GoFundMe on the link to on Facebook. Everyone just chips in a dollar each and our 57 listeners and I'll put that all on the card and we'll all have a uh, steak for breakfast. You ain't got to go that far. If you're looking for the real deal, here we are. No diamond in the back or fancy car. We're going to Thanks for joining us once again on League Indeed. We've had a wonderful, wonderful Thursday morning here in the Fatback Studios, and we hope you have too. Please follow us on Facebook and, and Twitter and send us all of your ideas and thoughts and feelings, and, um, feelings well wishes, and, uh, plans for the future. 
yeah, you can yeah. get us on Twitter, Facebook, and at leagueindeed at gmail.com and subscribe on the Spotify's and the Apples and the uh, Anchors and whatever else you get your quality we're podcasts. In, we're getting to the uh, end of the season. Oh, and big shout out to my uh, my friend Kaz Fidel Hamilton for letting us uh, use his wonderful, wonderful music this week. It's just terrific and I'm sure you've all enjoyed that. Thank you and see you next week. See ya. Got to go that far If you're looking for the real deal Here we are No diamond in the back Or a fancy car We're gonna redefine the image Of a superstar A superstar A superstar We're gonna redefine the image Of a superstar A superstar A superstar We're gonna redefine the image Of a superstar Return you to your sender Watch the mind bender Here I go, there I go No great pretender Moves off for making No time for faking See, I get the loot And I bring home the bacon Mama said knock you out The box, baby I'm a one-hit wonder Take the purse and I'm crazy, Mr. Magic. See, I gotta have it for a rope of dope choke holes, giving suckers damage. One twos for Mike checks, LH known to catch wreck. Bring event styles, young MCs ain't hurt yet. Oops, see Daisy, here's another one. Give the drummer some track records are made after a blast from the gun. It's off to the races, tie your shoelaces. Can't keep up in Timberland boots, troop your faces, gas. We're the greatest of all time. Peace or war, catch you out on the flip side. Got to go that far If you're looking for the real deal Here we are No diamond in the back Or a fancy car We're gonna redefine the image Of a superstar A superstar A superstar We're gonna redefine the image Of a superstar A superstar A superstar We're gonna redefine the image Of a superstar